Welcome to the Drone to 1K podcast, where we learn how successful drone entrepreneurs launch their businesses so you can too. And now, your host, David Young. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Drone to 1K podcast. I am your host, David Young, owner of Drone Launch Academy, and super excited to have you with us today on the podcast. Today, we have Alex Harris. Uh, some of you may be familiar with Alex Harris. He is a drone pilot, uh, photographer, videography uh, guy out in, uh, well, he was in Arizona, but he moved to California recently. Um, but Alex used to be from California, worked in Hollywood for a while, uh, worked for a bunch of networks like ESPN and Discovery and uh, did jobs for a lot of the uh, big name kind of cable, TV, and um, other guys out there, big production companies. So he had a big background in editing uh, and eventually moved over to the drone world and uh, focused on flying drones, won a couple of awards in uh, drone photography. So it just brings a lot of really great experience to the podcast today. Uh, Alex is actually a good friend of mine. Uh, Back when I was first starting up Drone Launch Academy, uh, me and Alex met and became good friends, and he actually... Uh, worked with us to create two Drone Launch Academy courses. One of them is Aerial Photo Pro, and the other one is Aerial Video A to Z. So uh, those are two great courses he made for us a long time ago, and uh, he's still active in there all the time helping students out. So super pumped to have him on the podcast today and have him uh, talk about his story and give some just great advice for if you are looking to uh, use a drone for kind of more cinematography purposes. Uh, Alex usually charges like $200 an hour, I think, for his job, so um, definitely knows what he's doing and and definitely has been in this game for a while and has some great advice to bring to you today. So without further ado, actually wait, yes, further ado, one last thing, reviews. I know you guys love t-shirts. I keep getting emails like, hey Dave, send me a t-shirt, send me a t-shirt, I left a review. So if you have not heard or if this is like your first time listening to the podcast, uh, I give out free Drone Launch Academy t-shirts if you take the time to go leave a review on, uh, well, preferably Apple Podcasts, but you can do it on any real um, podcast network you like. I think we're up to like 63 five-star reviews now, so uh, super appreciate that. Just go there, leave your thoughts, uh, let us know. Just take a screenshot of it and then shoot me an email, david at dronelaunchacademy.com. Just say, hey, David, I left a review. I'd love a t-shirt. Here's my size. Here's my shipping address. And then me or my assistant, Nicole, will uh, get to it and we'll get you one out. And I'm telling you guys, these are super soft. Like I have one on right now. Um, these aren't these like crappy, you know, BVT, really heavy cotton ones. They're soft. They're nice. You will want to wear them. So just throwing that out there. Okay. Get your free t-shirt by leaving a review. Um, all right. Let's get into it. Alex Harris. All right. So today with us on the podcast, we have Alex Harris. How's it going, man? Alex Harris, hello, that's me. <laughs> uh, so some of you guys may be familiar with Alex. He is an author for two of our Drone Launch Academy courses, uh, Aerial Video A to Z and Aerial Photo Pro. Um, but he also runs a drone business and flies drones, um, hence why he teaches courses on those things. Uh, so we wanted to get him on here to share his story um, and let uh, <clears throat> him share his, I guess, business journey, just like we have everybody else share on here on how they went from not doing anything to having a business uh, where they use drones and actually make money from it. So, uh, Alex, why don't you, um, give a little intro or background. Yeah. Yeah. Just give a little, little blurb. Yeah. 
where did you pop into my life, basically? So, uh, sure, um, or even before, even before that, yeah. A little bit before that. So um, <clears throat> I started with drones. Um, I was a videographer. I already had a videography service doing um, corporate filming and stuff. And as soon as drones got popular, every single dad in the world works in corporate America. And as soon as I'd show up to film any corporate event, they'd run over and go, you have a drone, right? You have a drone? I'm like, no, but um, I've looked into it. And they're like, really disappointed immediately. So everybody's interested. They asked me about it all the time. And it was kind of nagging at me that I needed to get um, on top of this. I knew then you needed to have a license to fly it, but it was still like, I felt like every other, at least videographer I know now, it's like in the back of your mind. And if you really need to, you can, you can go um, hire somebody. So it was, a, there was always a heavy demand for doing corporate stuff and, um, and with clients in town. So it nagged at me that I needed to get, um, to get on top of it. I, I already saw how much it helped being able to diversify between, um, I think I was staying in business mostly because I could do editing, um, camera work and photography. So it, the more of a package I am, the easier it is to, to sell them. All those compound really well. So, um, I mean, my, my rates go up way, way more if I'm adding photography and drones to the package. And I know that now, but at first I didn't. Um, so, uh, I got my first drone. I think it was a, um, uh, I think it was a phantom three standard. That was the first one I owned. I had been around plenty because I had hired like outsourced the guys and they'd show up and everybody'd look and bring a ton of attention. So immediately I'm hooked because it's a toy and everybody buys the first to be a toy. And then you turn it on and you realize how scary and loud it is and, and you're going to kill a bird. So <laughs> it's like a swarm of bees. Yeah. Yeah. You, you take off, you fly to 399.5 feet. Um, you panic, <laughs> you're tense the whole time, <laughs> staring super hard at your phone. And then uh, as soon as you see it go down to 70% battery, you panic and you land and you fly straight down after you just went in a circle, film nothing. And then you realize it's not as easy as it looks. Um, and I was a videographer, so um, I, I already had like cinematography experience, and like I, I f filmed on um, tons of things. And I had um, I had uh, experience being on bigger sets around better camera guys um, and working in Los Angeles. So I wasn't completely new to it. But there's something about the drone anxiety where you get like the jitters, and you're worried about a million other things. And it's it's like I know I have a license to do this, but it still feels illegal, and everyone's looking. So <laughs> it's it's not that simple. Um, so I started out with a Phantom 3 and then um, and then I upgraded to um, the Mavic Pro and the Mavic Pro honestly is where it really, um, I think it, it jived with me really well. And one of the reasons is because it's very discreet. Um, it folds, you can hide it, you can, you know, smuggle it around um, across a, a, a hotel lobby without people running over going, that guy's going to turn his drone on and chasing you down. That's awesome. So why don't you rewind a little bit even maybe before that, because you, you mentioned that you worked in Hollywood or in L.A., yeah, um, do you work yeah. on film sets like so you had you had some of that experience tell us about some of the it sounds really experience cool you got singing, there yeah it sounds really cool singing like that like um um i guess i'm never going to be sitting on ellen being interviewed about my career but this may be you're as far as it's going to go but asking about my career in hollywood sounds super super cool it's not it's a lot of traffic it's a lot of people honking at each other <laughs> everyone's in a rat race everyone's mad um but I, I did it for a while and I really, really wanted to work in, in um, movies and film. So I went out there when I was like, um, I think like 22 and uh, I was an editor and I started with um, little unimportant short films. And I, I um, again, diversifying helps a lot, you know, and um, I'd bounce around between random jobs and um, some of the weirdest stuff I worked on was out there. But um, I worked on um, uh, 30 for 30 for ESPN. I was a camera operator multiple times and that came out to cool. Phoenix to film too. So, you know, that's my hometown. Um, I did, um, some 
really simple interviews for um, Discovery Health, um, HGTV. I filmed for uh, big companies with tons of money that would go to Los Angeles, hire a studio that would hire a studio that would hire a studio and they come to me. And then I would go film something and they all take a much bigger chunk of it. And, um, and then it would end up on, end up on their networks. And yeah, yeah, it would end up on their network. So it's cool seeing yourself on TV, but it's also like, it was exhausting work and you had to constantly think of um, um, basically new ways to, to, um, uh, to try and not get left behind and, and how to innovate and um, still be an attractive cameraman to other people. So uh, I did that for a little while got sick of the traffic moved back to phoenix that's when i started into um, doing corporate stuff because it was the standards were much lower the budgets were way higher and i'm in control of it so at the end of the yeah. day i feel like i did something it does it's not like you film something you were really attached for eight hours sweating your butt off and then you never see it because who knows maybe maybe disney goes and sticks it in an album somewhere and then it never gets used in the final product and you, mm, you just, yeah you know, or it shows up two years later when you don't care so yeah. I, I was in control of a lot of projects i had creative freedom and um clients just appreciate you way more yeah, that's awesome. But it's probably you probably got at least good exposure and experience doing that stuff and learning. It kind of set you up to be able to do some of the corporate video that you ended up doing, right? Oh, yeah. So I will say that I was a million miles ahead because um, I came back from an environment where you had to like sink or swim and learn so much stuff so fast. And um, and the standards too, like the things I had to learn from other editors basically put me on like, um, I I could do this stuff in, in my sleep on jobs that would take guys twice as long because I had so much bigger projects, so many bigger projects under so much more pressure that everything felt like a cakewalk, even when it was like a high stress environment in Phoenix. And, um, and so many times I would work next to people on teams on, on with stuff or other animators or something. And the amount of breaks they took and the amount of work that they like, just, I don't know, cut corners and stuff. It, um, it was really silly, but it, it helped me stand out a lot. So I was a big fish in a little pond in that. Um, yeah. That apart from diversifying was another really big reason it, it was started to work well for me here before yeah. the drones. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So you did a little bit of Hollywood, worked a lot, didn't get paid a ton, decided yeah. to come out to Phoenix, back to your hometown, get paid more, less stress. Yeah. And then at that point, you know, it sounded like then drones, like you were saying earlier, like people were asking, oh, do you have a drone? Do you have a drone? And you started looking to it. Yeah, and I think that's probably about the time you and I met, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's interesting um, to everybody. It drones, even if you're not interested in camera work and cinematography, I think drones appeal to so many people because it, to kids, it's a toy. To uh, photographers, it's something to get pictures. To camera guys, you know, you can film. And it flies. And it comes back to you when the remote disconnects. <laughs> so everybody's interested in it. Or there's the old lady down the street who thinks it's a UFO and, and you're zoomed in with a 900 millimeter lens right on what she's doing. So everyone has an opinion about it. And there, there was so much buzz about it that when you are one of the first people in town, and this was years ago, 2015 or 16 or something. But um, but yeah, it got me a lot of attention really quick because people still hadn't seen a ton of it, at least not really consistent quality. And um, and yeah, that is when I met you. And I was I met you because I was editing um, uh, part one of seven course. I was editing videos for it. And, um, and then you mentioned... Um, doing after I well real quick even before that so just as a fun little backstory I found you on accident by stumbling across a YouTube video that you had done on how to shoot interviews like oh, just basic video? interviews yeah and I saw it because I was developing this part 107 course back in 2015 <clears throat> or 16 like early 2016 found a YouTube video of you um, like giving some tips on shooting like a, just a simple you know talking head type thing 
and you had a course, I think you had a course for like 20 bucks on how oh, to do man. it. So oh, yeah. I bought, I bought your course. Like when I, I mean, I knew nothing at this time. I was zero. And you zero, know what, zero. David? I'm still grateful that you were my, uh, you put me over because then I made 20 bucks off of it. And until <laughs> that point, I had no buyers. But I went and I was like, oh, okay, what is this course about? Let me look. I was like 20 bucks. Like either this guy's stupid or this thing sucks. You know what I mean? It turns out it was really good and you were just stupid and didn't price it well. <laughs> and then, cause I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. I was like, I would have paid like, yeah. I think I, so that's what happened. I took it. It was really good. I bought all the equipment that you did. I filmed everything. Then you had a little bit on editing and I was like, this is way too much work. I don't want to do this part. And so I think I had reached out to you and been like, Hey dude, your course was awesome. By the way, I would have paid like five times as much for it. Uh, also, do you, can I just pay you to edit this stuff for me? And I think oh, that's yeah. kind of where it started. Yeah. So that's, that's what it was because, um, you saw it with the YouTube video first and then you paid for the, you, you committed to the premium VIP package and <laughs> <laughs> you downloaded the whole whopping thing. And, um, and you bought the course because I remember sitting in Austria because I was, I was a traveling editor at this time because I, I worked for myself. So I had a lot of, I had consistent clients and I just take my computer with me and, um, we went on this huge road trip. And I was, I was with my girlfriend in Austria and, uh, and I remember sitting in the bed downstairs and then I get that message from you. And she was like, she didn't say anything. I was like, Oh, what? Nothing. I just, I have to get back to my fans. Like I have so many buzzing me right now or like, asking questions, <laughs> demanding more work and like crazy. And you were my first email, my first buyer, like the only one. And, uh, and it's just, it was out for a while too. This is years later. <laughs> it's not like it just, it was a week before and you were asking me about it. And I was like, it was really, really good to hear that you liked everything. But, um, but you were like, do you, uh, it, I'm honestly, I'm still, I guess I didn't do a good job because you still needed help <laughs> with the editing and you did get it yourself. Well, it wasn't even so much that. It's just, it was so much of it to do that. I was like, I could do you this on my own, but I've got so much yeah. work at this point that I'd rather just like, yeah. you know, have you help me with it. Cause you, I mean, obviously I'm like, you made the course, you could do a better job at it. Than yeah. I or you were just a super fan and, um, and you just wanted to get involved. Yeah, in that's it. That's it. Call me up. So <laughs> I do remember that. And, um, I think I remember you insisting that we FaceTime and we call and text. And I was like, why are you, why do you keep texting me? You're like, what's up? Why are you doing that? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, um, <laughs> but you were my only fan up to that point. And, uh, and I, I edited that thing for you. And I, and did I a remember great job, we, by did the way. A, we did a, thank you. We did a lot of back and forth and you asked a lot of questions because you were also a student. So you were learning about editing stuff and I would, I would edit things and animate titles. And I talked to you about it afterwards. So we had a, um, a pretty involved relationship, but then, um, I had filmed a couple of times with an Inspire. Um, it wasn't mine, and I would hire a guy to come in for like weddings or things here and there, but I didn't own a drone yet. So that was up until I had a Phantom, and then you brought it up. Hey, do you know a thing or two about cinematography since you have this course you already sell on um, on video editing and filming? And then um, and then uh, and we had all these plans laid out. I hadn't brought this up to you either. We had all these plans laid out about what we were going to do, we went back and forth and you talked me into it because I was like, I don't know if I want to commit that much to make another $20. And you're like, hey, we don't have the price of $20. And we did all this planning for months and months and months. And then um, right when we were like green light going to start filming, I had a seizure and I had a brain tumor. And um, mm, that's right. And I remember bringing it up to you. And it sounds like the, the world's worst excuse to get out of a, oh, you know, I know we committed to that major project. Oh, I got a tumor though. So sorry. And um, it probably looked like I was just trying to work. I don't think I answered for like a week because I was in the hospital. Well, I remember you were like, the way you did it, like you felt really bad. You're like, yeah, well, I'm really sorry I've been bad. You know, I have, I found out that like I have a brain tumor. I have to have surgery. I'm just, and you're, but you kept like apologizing for like 
the delays in the course. I'm like, Dude, you're going to be like, it's unacceptable. I want this by Wednesday. I think that takes a little bit more priority over, uh, over yeah. the making a course together. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I, I'm not done though. Um, I Sorry, right, so go ahead. Go. This is one little thing. I, I, I mean, of all the, the fog and the, and the Nick Jr. Shapes and colors that were all over my wall in the shows I was watching and like being mostly brain dead. I do remember trying to apologize to you to say, uh, I'm not gonna be able to do this thing. And I, we did all these plans. Like, go on without me and leave me to drown. Like, I'll just, I'll just float back here on myself and die and, and maybe I'll talk to six months. I don't know. I knew it was going to be a long time before I started working again. And I remember every time you're like, yeah, man, it's, no big, it's not a big deal. It's not a problem. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, why is this guy so relaxed about this? Because we like, we had so many plans to do this and like did so much research and, um, and we're pretty invested. I thought you were going to be like, Hey, sucks. Like, you know, maybe this guy won't ever get back to editing. Cause I didn't know at that point after I had brain surgery, like a week later, if I was going to be able to. And I remember you were super, super patient. You're like, let's wait out a couple months to see how you feel. Let's wait out. And it was like six months that went by or something until I was like crawling out of my bed by my fingernails. Like I have got to do something with my life. Cause up until then I couldn't get out of bed. I like, um, I needed my mom to help me shower. <laughs> I showered. It was really bad, but yeah. I do remember you being super, super patient with me and you could have left and you did it and you waited that whole time and never said thank you for it. But I mean, maybe I have, I don't remember. but um, I'm not ungrateful to did change my whole life. It's just, um, I, I don't think I've made a formal note because we were always working on other stuff, but that was a really, well, really big deal that you were very patient. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, bad. I didn't want to ditch the cripple guy after he was second I, battle. Well, it's funny because I was on the other end going like, why is this guy trying to apologize so much? He has a freaking brain tumor. Right <laughs> like, uh, and I mean, and, and at the same time, like, it's not like I was twiddling my thumbs being like, Alex, you know, like, what the heck, dude, where are you? You know, like, obviously I wanted to get it done. I thought it'd be a good project to do since you had all this good experience. Now at that time, you know, you've been using drones for a while and kind of like, yeah. you know, like at the end of the day, a drone is a flying camera. So you, you yeah. knew everything about the cinematography and the camera work and all the settings and all that stuff. Um, but you were just kind of honing in your flying chops and you've yeah. kind of done that. And so we were like, yeah, let's make the course. And we planned it out, like you said, but at the same time, you know, I still was trying to starting Drone Launch Academy up kind of from scratch. So I was doing a lot of work on getting new partners and figuring out how to do advertising and just how to communicate with customers and, um, you know, work on the part 107 course still. So, um, you know, it's like, I, I didn't, I didn't mind. I knew you were, I knew you were good at it. I thought it'd be good. So obviously I wanted to make sure you were, you were like dying trying to work on this, uh, this, this other course. Yeah, so, but I did, um, I did, um, I have to squeeze it out. And I do remember every day it was like, okay, if I can, if I can focus for 30 minutes and I would have to sleep for like another 12 hours after that. So I was just going back to like walking, you know, slowly. And, um, and I remember, um, uh, it was like 30 minutes and then a week later I could do an hour. And then a week later I could do an hour and a half until I was doing, like four hours days and that was a really big deal. So even now, if you go back to some really, really old videos from there, there are edits I have in the, in the video course that are um, pieces that didn't really need to change. And my voiceover from back then is at the very, very early stage before we added like basically a million years of content to the, the um, video course. There are still pieces of me when I was really fat after eating all that hospital food and my face will pop on and I'll go, when you're pointing your camera and it's and i was when i had a moon face too i could i could barely speak because <laughs> oh i couldn't speak well because i was still kind of brain dead from from all the drugs and the surgery and it was a two-inch brain tumor so it was like it was a big dent on um my frontal right lobe so it, it, it's not like i couldn't speak it's just that 
everything took like an extra two seconds to think about before I said it. So it was rough for a while, but um, you can see me back there struggling. If you go back to some of the old chapters. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I do. I thought you did a great job with it. And, you know, we, we did, I think we put out one course and then we got feedback from people and like half of it was like, Oh, this is great. Half of it was like, guys, what is this? You know what I mean? And so then I think we scrubbed that like whole so broken about this guy. I can't tell if he was just <laughs> no. mentally impaired or like what he's I don't think he's not. That wasn't so it. It was just I don't, we didn't have like the structure down like we did for the other course. But anyways, we basically like scrapped with a brain tumor was working on it. Well, we I don't know if you remember, we basically work. scrapped that whole course. It was called no, something else at the time. And then yeah. completely, you completely redid the other course from scratch, yeah, the new one, Aerovita A to Z. But the second so, one, I had a, a, a real plan. And the first time I had an issue trying to figure out, do people just want to know the most about editing? Because the thing I was most qualified on was editing. And I was doing, uh, by the way, while I was traveling, I was doing um, motion graphics um, full time. So if you ever see my reel anywhere, it's like really in-depth stuff. It's super complicated. And I went from that to basically trying to teach people how to like, you know, training wheel stuff. And I just, there was such a disconnect. I didn't know how to not speak the language to go. Right. How to dumb it down. H.264, data rate, 100 megapixels per second, blah, blah, blah. And I had to turn that into HD video. And like, I had to say, yeah, like that. And I, it just, I, I didn't get it right away. So people were like, what? Oh, this is very technical. I don't know what the heck half of it is going on. Like, what's the, the direction? And then I, yeah. then I had some structure on the second. Yeah. Program. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but hey, it's good now. We got two courses. Let's, let's, re, let's rewind a little bit um and talk a little about your like the actual drone business so because you were doing this stuff with me on the courses but at the same time you're still doing editing oh, work yeah, yeah. for people sorry, sorry. flying sorry. flying drones for people so like you kind of had both going on at once obviously you probably took a little hiatus during the like brain tumor brain surgery yeah, days small brain tumor but uh vacation. but like for a lot of people listening to this podcast they are kind of like thinking about starting a drone business or just or maybe they're new to it um, and they like hearing tips and stuff. So you know, you've got a lot of experience in working for clients, period, drone related or oh, not. Boy. And then you also have experience working for clients that include doing a lot of drone work and drone photography. Um, kind of walk back to when you first started in your corporate video stuff. Like how did you go about like getting your first clients? Yeah, I think I could explode talking, explode talking about um the angles you can take on a drone. And I've had to learn all of these from either messing up a project or doing good or what's easy money or what. But the point is, it was such a good, it was such a powerful upsell right away to be able to say, hey, I can film all your corporate stuff of you and the gang having um, uh, whatever drinks on the lawn after your corporate event. And you can see it from the sky. And everyone else who was filming with a drone was like, they, they bought it as a tool, as like an, an add-on, but I was a videographer, photographer first. So to me, I wasn't like a guy who bought a drone and filmed. I was a film guy who now added a drone to it. So it looked very different. I knew better angles. And I knew, um, I think one of the most important things is that right away, picking up that drone, especially with the Phantom, um, the DJI defaults are so jerky and so um, are so go-kart-like. And I think they make it that way for kids. I don't know why they do that, but it wasn't smooth at all. And the first thing I was, I did is adjust the gimbal and change settings to make it way, way smoother and way slower and calmer. So it looks more cinematic. And, um, and I remember the difference showing that to other people in town. Um, and the things they would say to me about, Oh, other people film this, that, and the other, they have, what camera do you have? Do you have like this 
huge drone into this huge body or one of those eight propeller giant rigs with the where you strap on a, a red on the front and hope it doesn't fall off and kill someone. I'm like, no, I have the same drone. I'm just, I'm just, it will kill me to not be able to get a good quality out of this thing. And I'm not never going to turn over some junk. So um, it compared to the other stuff I was filming, I was like, there's no way I'm going to turn, like, let this look like a mosquito film. It. So I, I went, I took an extra <laughs> step to like, make sure it looked good. But because of that, I stood out big time and it was such a dramatic, like anytime I was head to head bidding against somebody else to film, let's say it's a conference. And I was like, it's two days. It's 2,500 bucks. I will edit you a four minute compilation and then we go, okay, well, you know, we'll get back to you. And then I come in with the, <laughs> the huge stamp at the end and I go, but I will give you photos and videos from this guy of whatever event you have out on the lawn on whatever Friday night or something. And I can give you drone footage for an intro. And every single time they were like, well, I guess the other guy can't do that. And if he can, and we saw it in the real, it didn't compare to this at all. So it was such a strong, like, it would tip a lot of people over to my side. Um, and then what wound up happening is because I saw it working that way, I went out to all the places in Scottsdale that were really popular that conferences went to all the time because Scottsdale and Phoenix are great in the winter right now for conferences. So they all come out here and I know the four or five really popular resorts they go to. So I'd film a ton of footage, of all those places so they could immediately picture it, you know, and I'd say, Oh yeah, I was just mm, there the other smart. day. I wasn't, I wasn't just there the other day, but I would totally say I wasn't. I'd say, yeah, I have some footage. If you want to go over, we can, you know, take a gander. And they look at it and think, Oh, this is a really nice sunset. These are really pink, lovely, fluffy clouds. It probably, it would probably rain when they wanted to film. However, um, because I could show them this and they could picture it so much better. They already saw exactly what they wanted right there. And they're like, let's just pay this guy to come out. Even if he's not, you know, doing the, the major filming and editing and there's a crew there, he at least knows how to do this drone really well. And then they started to hire me just for that. So even if they wouldn't hire me for the whole thing, I would get hired just for that. And it was 200 an hour. I wasn't scared of those rates either because I knew in film, if somebody wanted to hire me for an hour and I was driving all the way out there with my camera equipment, that was the price. And you also want to scare off the little guys who will, who are value focused and they're like, I only want to give you 50 for an hour. And then they try and get you to stay for an hour and a half. And then they want revisions because they want to milk out as much as they can per dollar. Yeah. When you're dealing with conferences and, and bigger clients and companies, they don't care. It's not their money. And the only thing they're worried about is the quality. And they just want to yeah. make sure they get it right and they don't look silly in their video. It's like top notch. So they were fine with it. Um, so to me, it just it, it made sense. And I already had experience going through that whole route of like not wasting time, your time and their time working for cheap because you're scared to say 200 an hour because that sounds like a scary number. Um, it's higher now and it's it varies between clients and projects. But right away, I was... Uh, when I'd say that they were like, this guy must be really serious. And they're, I think they're a little bit more convinced too that you're legitimate when you say that. Um, yeah. So then it turned into that. It was, I was, um, sorry, go on. I was gonna say, did you have some type of like, uh, would they always check out like your demo reel or something like that? Or did they ask mm -hmm. to see that a lot? So, and that's probably thing, like another way you can like justify charging that much because they can see your like the quality of stuff you've done. I'd show them, I went around town first thing as soon as I would like, um, as soon as I got a Mavic Pro one, that was the one I was really impressed with how how smooth you could get. Um, I, uh, I I think I just had honestly, uh, you know, I can't even pretend from, from a cinematography standpoint. It had nothing to do with that. I, I just liked it and it was fun. So I went around all over town <laughs> and I started filming with it, and I I did get a huge huge reel together. And um, uh, I knew enough about SEO because I ranked number one in my city for Scottsdale Video Production. So I knew what how much of an advantage you have when you make multiple smaller videos that are particular to what people are searching. So I'd have one like uh, Western Kierlin Resort Scottsdale, um, uh, Old Town Scottsdale by the horses, um, uh, the waterfront Scottsdale, like districts and stuff in town. 
and mm-hmm. Camelback Mountain. And I would make like a couple of different videos and they're all like a minute each, put some music on there, have four or five second clips and I cut between them. But because I'd fan them out, everyone who was searching, they wanted to see what the Western Resort looked like. Um, and they'd search Scottsdale um, drones because they were gonna hire a guy to go film there. And I'm the only one on there with it on my name on the title. So they're immediately gonna click on it. And if I'm, I'm you know, already halfway there, if they're, they're looking at it. But um, So you're almost making like a free mini commercial for these resorts, almost like yeah. when people are researching them, they find you and then they, you know, yeah, it makes it easy to, to find. Um, I don't think any resort's going to complain about that too because they're, right. they're you know, just cool fish. It has to be good though. It can't be sucky because then they're like, who are you? Take it down, you know, <laughs> rights. But, um, but yeah. <laughs> well, I don't totally, even think know. they can, I guess they could, they could uh, get you for like using their name and stuff, but they can't like the footage. You could film yeah, their I stuff. Yeah, I looked it up. Sky. They can't, they can't. They yeah, can't. but I, if you're I, like I, throwing I, their logo on there or yeah, like using that, their name, then they could, yeah, yeah. But if they're in the scenery, they can't tell everyone, close your eyes if you're not invited. You're part of the city at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, so that, and then it was also a really, really good hook on the beginning of the regular videography reel, because I, um, I would film, um, I'd take the best shots and put like the first 10 seconds with my logo over and say, Alex Harris video productions, um, corporate filming is got out. But the first couple of scenes were all the nice parts around town really quick. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, either this guy can fly, he's chunking his iPhone 300 feet in the air, or he's got, he has a drone. And <laughs> chunking his iPhone. And- <laughs> and um and he'll get us footage just like this so it was cool it was cool too because um if somebody saw scottsdale video production and mine is an image of scottsdale from the air it you know it's a lot more appealing so i got a lot of views because of that as yeah well. so part of your marketing strategy so to speak is basically just like go out have fun shoot as much stuff as you can make it really good and just have it up on YouTube, Instagram, all the stuff, and people ended up finding you that way, or or did you, are you going around like knocking door to door, like, hey, can you pay me to video stuff? Like, what's your if you're like an advising a new business, what's your like uh, your recommendations to them from like a, how to get started marketing? Yeah, so um, find a really good neighborhood that's very condensed and go door to door and knock. <laughs> no, I think that's a slow route. Um, oh, I'm like, I've said right, this a million know. times. You're like, oh, I hit the nail on the head. So uh, I've said this a billion times. I I mean, I. This wasn't my intention originally, but when I started filming those, that thing for the city, um, like different parts around town and just putting them out there just for funsies on Vimeo and YouTube. Um, some of them got views, some of them got, some of them didn't, but, um, but the, the biggest thing I took away from that is after I had one experience from all the practice flying everywhere two, I had Scottsdale that I had filmed enough in different conditions, which I think is more important. It makes me stand out more. Um, every other guy with the drone in town, if there are any, I don't see many of them, but um, that are selling it as a service will go, I need a shot of um, of the waterfront and they would go film it and that would be it. And I had been up and down playing with the thing so much practicing that I've been there when it was, there was a huge thunderhead. I've been there during a haboob. I've been there during like, you know, um, during a really, really pink, pretty sunset. I've been there for a really nice sunrise, like after it showered and there's, or after it rained and there's a rainbow. So I had better shots of each spot. And um, when I started compiling them up, the reel just got better and better. I made one big reel of like scenes around town, like 4K Scottsdale, like whatever people would search. I, I, I Googled it to see what the, um, um, what the, what the busy search things were on Google Trends. And um, smart. Yeah. And I, I titled it the same way, the way a normal person would. And, um, and the attention I got from that, I mean, 
I, I, you can go look at it now. The one I have on Scottsdale, it's got, I haven't updated in a little bit because I've been doing other stuff, but um, it doesn't even have that many views. And I think this is a lot more telling as long as you get the quality there is, if there is 400 people looking at this thing, a couple of them in there, if it's good enough, they'll make a note and they'll tell the people they do know they'll share it. Or one of them or two of them are bound to be somebody important somewhere who will come back and hire you for, you know, use the footage elsewhere. So many times I have gotten calls, emails from people saying, we were going to hire a drone operator. However, you already have the thing we want sitting right there on the internet. Please tell me nobody else bought this footage because we want to like buy it, either buy it outright. And I've had to take footage offline because of that. They want to own all the licenses to it and you price it differently. Or um, they just want to license it. Their alternative to get good 4K footage is go to a junkie site, like um, not junkie because they use all the time. They'll go to a place like videohive.net and pay um, $30, $40 for a clip that isn't quite what they want. It might look a little hokey and be low quality. Or they'll go to Pond5 and pay 150 bucks or 100 bucks for 4K footage that is kind of closer to what they want. Or they'll come to you and you have exactly what they want and they'll probably build a relationship with you because they're coming to town for whatever they're doing in town. So it's easier for you, for them to pay you 150 or 200 for the clip or 300 because you have exactly the thing they want than to go buy one random clip and then they have no connection with the person who flew it. If they need to do revisions or they, they need help or they want the original files and they'll color it themselves. It's so much easier and more convenient to just email you. And I, I can't believe how often people have emailed saying, I want... Um, the in the middle of your video there's a 20 second spot and our car dealership is at the bottom can we use that shot and i'm like hmm. uh well I, I don't know i mean i'm a very busy guy what what are you putting out there? and they're like we'll give you 600 bucks i'm like oh well, why didn't you say it so yeah that's totally <laughs> fine but um but yeah it happens i get emails all the time over it and, i mean I and so are they finding this stuff on on like i'm just trying to figure out where this stuff's posted is this on youtube you google it and they google it, yeah, it comes and up and on youtube on vimeo vimeo or is vimeo? They have higher quality video compression vimeo v-i-m-e-o.com they have higher quality that retains a little bit more quality than YouTube. YouTube will throw any old 360p like low quality thing your iPhone will play um, if somebody's watching a preview. But Vimeo is like, I guess, a more formal in the videographer world, the more mm -hmm. respectable place to house videos. You know, like YouTube will be two people fighting in a Wendy's. But Vimeo is like for filmmakers <laughs> to store their stuff. And so it's it's more like you put serious finished product on there and, mm -hmm. um, and you put like your demo reel and stuff. So because I would put it there and... I think that's the one that pops up now if you search um, for Scottsdale drone, Scottsdale 4K, whatever. Um, I would put it up there and they would just find it naturally. So I started doing that and I've got different variations. One that's like Scottsdale video production, one that's 4K Scottsdale, one that's like Scottsdale in the winter. And I, this people would, they would look at it naturally because they were moving to town. So they were interested or they would, so it got views and traction that way. And so it started to rise in search because people that are moving to town just want to get, you know, they just want to want to feel jazzy about it. So they'll watch for mm -hmm. fun. But then the people who did see it for a business thing, like they wanted conference footage or B-roll in town or, or news. I've had a couple of news um, um, channels call me in town to use footage for one project or another. And, um, and uh, they'll, they'll email you and like it and share it and stuff because they have, you know, an actual purpose for it. So um, it kind of carries itself. You aren't going to put it up and get calls tomorrow if you do great, but, if you do it for fun, for practice, get really good and have a solid piece of work to say, look how this is my skills as a drone operator and forget about it and leave it. And, it, and every couple of months, I mean, for me, it's like almost monthly. I'll get people to email to say our conference is coming or we're, we have an event or we're filming a, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. Um, there's a, there's a really, really big company called that rhymes with um, 
Misney that emailed me last month and they're like, Hey, we have a, we have a, um, a, a something for, um, for a movie for streaming service, um, um, Misney plus that just came out Misney. and they're like, um, they're like, I don't know if I'm even allowed to say this actually, but they're like, um, we want to use this clip for this, um, for whatever this movie, um, and we want a sunset shot. You have the, you have this already. Do you have other shots like this of sunset? Oh yeah, I had absolutely nothing like that. But you bet I got up, and a day later I was <laughs> filming the sunset. You know, I'm I'm actually out with the gang right now. I'll get back. I'll touch base with you Monday. And the next day I was like filming back of the grass. But so no, will give me three thousand dollars if they use this shot. So I'm like, I'll go everywhere to get this yeah. thing. And um, and of course I'm never gonna come back and say, oh yeah, my price is two hundred. I'm like. Uh, you know, I guess depending on what the, um, the application is, what's the budget you guys will, because we can do a package deal or we can do, you know, you just complicate it and convolute it and say, Oh, um, were you looking at more of like a regular thing where you want to use clips once in a while? Or were you looking at a thing where you want to buy a bulk font? As soon as you start doing that, they're like, no, shut up. Listen, we'll just give you this much money. But right away, you don't, you don't put the number out first. So they'll yeah. typically with a big company like that. Nope. They don't care about money. So they'll say what they're willing to pay and how much they want it. Um, so you say like, what's your budget? And they'll come back to you but um but i haven't gotten an answer on that one so it's like a six-month thing she's like well we submitted your stuff we need the original files i'm like oh man okay whatever and i know that means that they're going to want to buy it outright from me and say take it offline and nobody else can use it but um if they do buy it from me um i don't know a couple thousand but it's like to me that's like driving around to get those second shots the, the next day um but they only yeah. saw it because they was in the middle of that reel and, yeah, and no, it that's doesn't a, even have, it's not like a real, it has thousands of views, you know, it's like a couple hundred, but I'm in town and I'm the only yeah. one that's good, I guess, in locally. Well, I think that's such good advice too. You're just like, A, it's just good practice and B, the more you can just have your highlights everywhere. And I think the Vimeo is a good recommendation mm-hmm. and I, I've seen a lot of so you better quality stuff on Vimeo. Yeah, you aren't actually working for free. You're just you're getting paid like in six months or a year from now. So well, yeah, you or you're just job, like, though, people will see it and they'll-, they'll I mean, and- yeah. And that's like any marketing really, you know, you're going to spend time up front doing stuff for free, whether it's you're building your website or you're whatever, it's just, you're working on the way people see you and your company and how people find you. Uh, and that is nice because it's not even like an outbound marketing approach where you're not having like actively go out and like solicit business, right? You're just mm-hmm. constantly putting your, getting better and putting your stuff out there. And then people are finding you, which is like, you know, the Holy grail of like, Oh, yeah. my business is bringing people in and I'm not having to like go out there and, knock on someone's door and get it slammed in my face, you know? So, um, so I think that's really, that's really cool. Um, so, so I guess going forward, you know, I know your time is split now between doing actual drone work, like you're talking about, and then, you know, you also run two courses for us and you keep up with those people in those uh, courses and groups and you're constantly like adding to that. Um, do you want to just give like a quick rundown um, not like a huge, like a commercial, but just like people who have never actually heard of either of the courses that you, you have with us, um, like yeah. what each one is and just kind of like what people learn in each one. Yeah, this is a good time to do this, um, <clears throat> this podcast too, um, because I, I had to add, um, a ton of business chapters and marketing stuff. So if there was ever time to talk about this, it's right now while it's fresh in my brain and I've, I just had to like basically lecture for forever to add those videos, but um, I've got two courses. One of them is called Aerial Video A to Z, and one of them is called Aerial Photo Pro. So Aerial Photo Pro is um, basically an intro to beginner to expert on um, how to get photos with your drone, how to get good photos with your drone, and um, and how to get really good photos with your drone 
it's to hop off the bus whenever you want at some point. Cause I know a lot of it's going to be confusing up front and you're not going to bang through the whole thing in a day and, and, um, and, you know, make, um, an award-winning photo a day later. But, um, I don't, I guess I don't want to give people a, 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 the feeling of finishing a course and being hungry for more. And I've been on that spot where you're like, you buy it and you're like, well, it doesn't look like what they sh showed me in their product. So, um, so I didn't want to just make it a beginner thing. And I didn't want to also, um, uh, I didn't want to shortchange anybody who did want to figure out what I was doing different. So it does go in depth to, um, to the things I'm doing differently with photography. Like um, I won an award from this uh, um, city of Tempe um, for a night shot I had over Tempe town Lake. And it, it's on my website. It, I'm, I'm sure I've got this thing everywhere on the, on the course, but um, it's because I'm using brushes on it's a long exposure at nighttime um with the sunset but because i'm using brushes and i'm brushing over the lake and i'm changing the clarity to make it look a lot more shiny and like bluer and um i'll i'll brush over the clouds and make them look a little feathery it's it's simple stuff it's just people don't take the effort to to take a raw photo and then load it into adobe lightroom so I, i'm i see them all the time on instagram these really popular photos and i, I remember looking at those for years going i don't know why does it look different because i could take a picture of the same thing and it's nowhere near and i, I guarantee you 98% of the time they are editing the stuff in Lightroom and they're using brushes. And that's why you always mm -hmm. see a huge soft sunny glare from the corner where like the beach looks really warm and fluffy because they added a huge brush on the top right to make it look really soft on one side and then really sharp and, and contrasty on the bottom left. You can't tell it unless you have a trained eye, but um, so the course shows you how to do the advanced stuff like that. So yeah, I feel like to make an Instagram. Yeah. I feel like that's the one thing it's like, it's hard. Cause you're like, I feel like this picture looks a lot better and different than you know, picture yeah. just straight out of the camera, but you're like, I can't exactly but I tell don't know exactly why is, but or yeah. how to get it that way. You know, mm -hmm. so it's really cool. I mean, I've been through, That's, or at least most of the photography course, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, I got like, I didn't know any of this stuff. So photography's fun. It's it's really. I haven't even talked about photography from a business perspective. Photography is always a job I'll take though, because even if I'm, I mean, it's almost leisure to me because it's still the same thing, 200 an hour, and I know I can bang out 20 photos of a. a I don't know. Usually for me, it's like um a construction site or a developer a real estate like a not real estate agents don't go for those but real estate developers um who are doing like neighborhoods and stuff or like somebody's building a freeway it's so relaxing and therapeutic because you you have so many chances to get the same thing video is like you got it you have to know what you're doing right away and like make sure you get it right because you got 20 minutes and you will screw up for for 19 of those minutes with the battery um draining <laughs> the whole time so you have to like yeah. be on your a game when you get up there but but photos i really really like because of that and um it's a lot more, it's very therapeutic. You just listen to music and, um, and you're kind of, you're kind of just painting with brushes over areas you like in the photo and like adding highlights and stuff. And, um, at least the way I do it, um, uh, the, the, the stuff I go over in the course with the brushes, um, it's a lot of fun. So it feels yeah. like you're painting. It's very Bob Ross, you know, it's a lot more relaxed <laughs> than, uh, <laughs> than video world. I remember one thing I liked in the course too, is you took a picture you took a picture of this like building that was under construction and you were like, Oh, the client didn't want these giant tractors sitting here and some other stuff. So even in Lightroom, you're like, here's how you pull that tractor out. And here's how you get rid yeah, of all yeah, these nasty can, cones yeah. on the roof, you know? And, yeah. and then you like, look at the picture and it, you can't even tell that they were yeah. there ever there in the first place. Yeah, we did the Bob Ross with those cones and tractors, like these cones need to die. And so do these tractors. So we're killing all these and <laughs> so, now it's a completely empty field. So, um, the, uh, so the, yeah. So the photo course is like really from the beginning, uh, all the way to like doing some really expert stuff. And so, and people like can stay in it forever. And so, yeah. Um, so, that, so that's cool. So, so we've got the photography course, um, which you, again, you said you like course. one, 
you won like an award for your like for drone photography which is pretty cool at least i think i like to brag about it i'm like yeah award award winning photographer award winning photographer alex (laughs) yes uh and then so now the video stuff yeah that's like a longer course right because there's at least there's there's i guess more to more to teach and more to learn there it's like more more pieces involved right it's weird because i know how to put my finger on it video it feels like there's a bigger mess to clean up because the way I see it, at least like having been a videographer, kind of watching the trends of like, there's an inter- huge introduction of a cheap new product that gives everybody quality access and then seeing a million people suck at it, but it still looks kind of cool. And so they all screw around until the only ones who are left over are the ones who like know what they're doing and understand technical stuff. Um, it's weird to say, I guess my perspective is video had, there are too many issues, too many mistakes people are making in too many places across too many things and all the advice is bad. And all the, I mean, at least on the, like the Facebook groups I'm on, I see people recommending like they're shooting with ISO at nighttime. Their ISO is on 1600. It's super grainy. And someone goes, you'll need a polarizer filter. What it does is it really levels out the light. I'm like, no, 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 stop recommending people these $150 polarizer filter sets and saying it changed the footage. And they'll show pictures of theirs. It looks awful. And they'll go, oh yeah, I see the difference. Yeah, it's great. So it, it's, <laughs> it's weird because it, that seemed like a bigger mess with photography. Typically, the only person who's going to shoot in raw and go edit a photo was kind of already a photographer. So you mm-hmm. see a lot of really nice photos out there pretty commonly, but video is something I'm like, maybe it's because I started out in video production. I don't know, but I, it's such a, it's such a like, there's barely anybody out there who's doing a good job or understands what they're, what they're filming with. And, um, and there's always confusion. A new product comes out. The number one feature they're going to list and highlight is the video that comes out of it. And um, they don't change across any of these drones until the sensor changes for the most part. So when I see the, the Mavic mini coming out and then there's 300 posts in a, in a group online or a forum or something where they're like, yeah, the, the new Maverick Pro 2 Mini Air is coming out. Like, you guys are going to get Like, what's the video? And someone's like, this is the best thing I've ever used. And I'm like, no, it's you shot in 2.7K. It's got, a, it's got a sensor a quarter of the size or whatever. And then you sent it from your iPhone over to a Dropbox to YouTube and then posted it here. And you're like, it's beautiful. I'm like, no, <laughs> you were limiting. You were putting such a huge cap. You're using like, you were like... Putting all this data through a teeny little straw and then taking a sliver out of it on the back end, but you're convinced it's great because you just bought this toy. So video, yeah, it's in depth because the course is very, very like there's so, so many things to fix basically that um, I, I've had to add a lot of chapters to it. And it's it's very in depth, but you can it's a, a, the same thing. Hop on, hop off whenever you're whenever you're overwhelmed. But you will if you I think I made it as as idiot proof as it can get. If you follow the steps, you can get very, very, very good looking stuff even with like a Phantom Three standard. Um, but um, you have to be willing to go out and practice and go back and forth, you know, and look at it and go, Oh, yeah. I, I jerked the camera too hard. Oh, I overexposed a little bit. And once you do nail it though, and you, you get a sense of like looking at clouds and going, Oh, I think I'll drop the exposure down just a shade. And you nail it. It's like, you feel like Steven Spielberg for days. You, <laughs> you send, you send these teeny little 30 second clips to your mom and she's so proud of you. And it's the best feeling ever. Um, so it's worth it in the end. And of course the good thing is that if you put it online, you know, money will pop up later if you want to sell it. Um, yeah but it does take a lot more to, to teach people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and like anything, it's like, you're not going to be a pro overnight. It's just like takes practice and reps and like getting yeah. out there and making, I think, I think this is a really stupid comparison, but I think I saw an ad for like, you know, that masterclass thing, like everybody, everything's got this like masterclass, like the, the company masterclass they hire yeah, all he's got like his celebrity chefs like... and yeah. 
Yeah, I think director these... of suspense more than yeah. Like a cinematographer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the one guy who talks about barbecue, he's like, TJ, I'm, I'm honestly like, maybe I'll buy that course. Because yeah. it's like uh, yeah. how to make good Texas barbecue. <laughs> but I, I love the line. He's like, to make good barbecue, you have to make a lot of bad barbecue. And yeah. I like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. point. He's, you cool. know? he's, a, he's a good teacher. Um, you can tell but, he's Yeah, but I mean, it's probably the same thing with drones. Like to get good drone video, you got to just like, practice yeah. getting a lot of sucky drone video the and first then step to getting to not being sucky at something so you got to get that out of the way and look at it and go and I, I i say this all the time in the video course too i'm like look at what i film go try and film something next to it put them next to each other because i give you the files to download in the project so i'm like download this look at it yourself on your computer because th- that was what limited me is that people always do stuff and make it magic and i'd be like what, what did i miss so i give you files to look at it compare to see exactly what it, they're supposed to look like so you can see if your file has like a burn spot in the sky you're like oh i i probably had the contrast is too high or i have a, a drone with a smaller sensor like a mavic pro one i shouldn't it's a little dangerous to shoot with a shutter that low because then it winds up looking really bad in the like you know by the sun so maybe you should film a little darker but um you do have to you have to screw up a, a, each thing once and then um and then you'll know not to do it again but until that happens yeah it, yeah. it takes some you know it's fun though i mean you you while you learn you get like every step of the way you get dramatically better and um and your uh, instagram friends you you bother and constantly spam with your crap videos until you get there we'll be clapping <laughs> for you along the way when you finally get good and they're like thank god we don't have to look at that garbage anymore. <laughs> <laughs> terrible iphone footage this guy throwing his phone in the air <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um all right man well we've been talking for a while so we should probably wrap this up um as far as your contact info i guess if people want to like see more of your stuff or um, reach out to you like where's a good spot for them to to hit you up oh i thought i oh man we we are wrapping up i felt like i didn't even get into the um into the photo side of the business but um but yeah i'm I'm always around to answer questions i get questions all day long um and uh alex at drone um is typically good and um mm-hmm. if i don't answer within five minutes um don't get frustrated i might have a brain tumor Otherwise, I'll try to back you <laughs> within a week or so or a day. But um, but yeah, I'm always around to answer questions. Okay, awesome, dude. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for giving the whole background and all the tips and advice and everything. Um, I know love people love hearing this stuff, so appreciate you uh, carving out an hour out there. It's pretty early for you right now, too, right? Yeah, seven a.m. I'm never oh. ever up this early. Usually, it's noon for me. <laughs> well, sorry. Thanks for get thanks for getting up early to do the podcast, man. Yeah, no problem. All right. See you later. Bye. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed that episode with Alex Harris. Um, I loved talking to him. I actually found out a bunch of stuff that I didn't know previously uh, on this episode. So even though I've known Alex for a number of years, uh, you know, new stuff always comes out on these. So I love doing them. love getting to talk to people and learn new things on how people are being successful with drones. Um, if you are interested in Alex's most popular course, uh, Aerial Video A to Z, that's the most popular one he's made uh, with Drone Launch Academy. They're both great, though, but um, people seem to want to know some video stuff more because uh, I guess there's a little bit more to know there and a little bit more complicated, especially when it comes to editing and post-production. Um, but we have a special deal for podcast listeners for that course specifically. So uh, there's a link to the show notes, or you can just go to dronelaunchacademy.com. Uh, if you find it, you go to Courses, Aerial Video A to Z. When you're checking out, you can use the code podcast 100 altogether podcast 100 uh, and that'll give you 100 bucks off i think it's normally like 400 hundred dollar course um but you can get it for i think whatever 297 in there so if you're interested in that uh feel free to go grab it 
if not, hope you enjoyed the podcast and just got some good info out of that right there. Um, yeah, thanks again, everyone. Again, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, if you like these episodes, want to leave us a review, that helps us out a lot. Let other people know, hey, this is a podcast that might be worth listening to if you are interested in drones or drone business. All right, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we will be live with another podcast episode next Tuesday. Uh, and look forward to seeing you there.